0: Well, welcome in. This is Dan Miller, and we're going to be talking about real-life questions. Things like, my company's not being fair, and how they're paying me. How many of you feel like that? That's probably going to strike a nerve with a whole lot of you. We'll talk about that. Well, every week, we unpack some real-life questions. Last week... I had the pleasure of having my three kids here in the studio with me. We got a lot of feedback on that. Just talking about the, the influences they had in terms of understanding themselves, what decisions they made about education, career, raising kids and more, handing on the legacy. That was a great time. I really enjoyed that. Thanks so much to all of you who commented on that. Um, just an unusual opportunity to be able to have my grown kids here with me talking about the very things that we talk about here week after week. Well, some other questions we're gonna look at. Dan, I just lost my job after twenty three years. What should I do? How about this? What if you don't know how to dream or what you want to do in the next three to five years with your life? And then just we got some that just say simply, Dan, help I'm discouraged. So it got a lot of the last couple of weeks I've had some other kind of themes, but um wow, I've I've been inundated with just a lot of discouragement. I'm not sure really why is the time of year that we're going in the second quarter of the year. Maybe it's that, you know, enough time has passed in the new year, 2019 people are seeing, man, this isn't really panning out the way I thought. I thought I'd get a jump start, and here we are three months already gone and life is pretty much the same. I'm not sure, not sure what it is. our quotation for today comes from Seneca, one of the old Stoic philosophers who said, it is not the man who has too little, but the man who craves more that is poor. So what do you think? Are you poor? If you define yourself as poor, why is it? Is it really that you have too little or is it just simply that you crave more? Well, good to think on that. A resource for you this week is how to start a side business with only 15 hours. Did a couple interviews this week where they really wanted to dig into that more. The the kind of training that I have that you can be successful with a side biz, not necessarily giving up your core career by only investing 15 hours a week and how to do that. So if you want to know how to do that, the four different areas that I think you need to uh, devote time to, uh, just go to 48days.com slash 15 hours, just one, five hours, and you'll get that resource from us. Well, our re- our business partner today is FreshBooks. They've been consistent with us for several years. You know that. You hear me talk about it. Here we're heading into tax time. It's now in April, so you better have your taxes ready. You've heard me talk about the fact I'm all set. I'm ready to go no questions, nothing undone. All of those deductions are lined up because we keep track of everything just as we go. Now I say that we, I'm not a good bookkeeper at all. I hate dealing with that but I know how to keep track of my records, my receipts and all that. So the one day a month when my bookkeeper comes in again, we're a small business, like lots of you. So I don't have somebody on staff, but one day a month, my bookkeeper comes in and then she goes through all my stuff. The reason she's able to understand it is because I am able to keep things up to date, squared away. You can do the same thing with fresh books, go to freshbooks.com. Dot com slash 48 days, and then enter 48 days in the, how did you hear about us section? You'll see a little welcome there when you go to 48, uh, FreshBooks.com slash 48 days from me. So check it out. Well, I want to jump into some good news because uh, we want to get right into the questions that we've got. And I don't know what all we'll get through today, but we'll just go as far as we can and save a whole lot of questions that have stacked up there over the last few weeks For Another time as well. Again, I I appreciate so much. Those of you who do send questions in. I mean, that's what makes me come alive. When I open that magic mailbox and see those gives me fodder to talk about here. And I hope brings encouragement to both you, uh, the writer of the question and to a lot of other people in similar situations. I choose questions where I know there's gonna be a lot of people that resonate with that. Got some really fun ones today we're gonna to dig into. But again, you can always send those questions into me at askdan at 48days.com. Now a couple of weeks ago I talked about the current college admissions scandal where we have celebrities that are paying, you know, half a million dollars to bribe people to get their kid into the school of their choosing you know, just a horrendous situation, just casting further doubt on the quality of the whole process of getting a college degree. Now, however, we have a lot of people who are listeners to this show who are involved in academia, and I appreciate that. And got a note from Dr. Randy Little. Uh, Dr. Randy Little, professor and undergraduate coordinator in the Department of Agricultural Economics at uh, Mississippi State University. Mississippi State University. Uh, they use Uh, Dr. Little uses 48 Days to the Work You Love as a textbook for his class. I'm very appreciative of that and uh, appreciate his input. So he wanted to comment a little bit about that, where I talked about the value of going to college, because, you know, I do question a lot of people going to college. You know, I have degrees, traditional degrees that I've worked on, and I enjoy the process. And I laid out in that episode Two options for going to college, one being so you get a piece of paper so somebody give you a job. And if that's your primary reason, you're probably going to be disappointed. But the second reason for going to college and advanced degrees is for the personal development that takes place. If you do it for that reason, it can never be taken away from you. And that certainly was my motivation. I've always been self-employed. I've always done things on my own. So I was never trying to position myself where I would be a candidate to apply for a job. Never, ever. But I went to college anyway because I really appreciated and enjoyed the process of personal development as I continue to do today. Well, so Dr. Little said, here's a link about homeschoolers and going to college. Though I was pertinent to a discussion on a recent podcast. And yes, it really is. And I'll put that link. It's a long URL. I'll put that link in our show notes. But it addresses that issue. You know, do homeschoolers have an advantage or a disadvantage if they want to go to college? It might surprise you some of the things in the article. And then he says also about the value of a college degree. That question is too generic, too broad. A better question to ask is what is the value of a particular college major? The value of an engineering degree, for example, will be drastically different From a something studies, like if somebody gets a degree in American studies or childhood studies or women's studies and so on, you know, some, some of those, I mean, there, there is actually, you can get a degree in university studies, which kind of is transparently telling everyone you are too lazy to choose anything. So it's that general I mean, you could get a degree in oatmeal, I think, and not be any more general than university studies. So anyway, Dr. Little is saying, you know, if you get a specific degree, it's going to be a lot different than just a general degree. He says, I try to challenge our students to think about why they're here in school. Do they have a vision for what they want after graduation? If they do, does their current degree program provide what they'll need to pursue that vision? If not, how might they rethink college in their major? Regardless, I hope we stimulate them to be mindful of their choices, what they're doing now to get better equipped, to offer more in the marketplace when they graduate. And Dr. Little says, love the podcast, look forward each week to the new installment, keep up the great work. Well, thank you, Dr. Little, for your input, for your continued encouragement of me, and the use of the 48 Days Materials in your college courses there at University of Mississippi. Now, a couple other things. Leslie uh, wrote a note to me. Um, She, Well, I'll I'll read you the note. Okay, Leslie, I just wanted to send a quick note to update you on my progress, share a success story. Um, Thank you for starting me down this road. I feel like I finally found my niche and been truly ready to enjoy the creation of my online business. As a quick backstory, I emailed you first years ago for advice, as I felt, I, you know, I love the fact that uh, people tell me they've been listening, you know, for 10 years. Uh, that's kind of cool to have that long-term connection. And frankly, you know, in as much as I talk about 48 days being a timeline in which you can create dramatic sh- change in your life. And I believe that you can. I know that for a lot of people, the seeds are sown and then they're kind of fertilized along the way. And a lot of other input comes along and helps them. And all of a sudden, then they do something based on something they may have heard from me, you know, eight years ago. We get those stories a lot. Had somebody just joined our coaching mastery program who I never heard of, never heard his name before, I don't think he ever paid a penny for any resource that we had. And after seven years, he said he's never missed a podcast in seven years. Then he joined our coaching mastery program, $4,800. I mean, we hear, we hear those stories every day, but I, mean, I love the fact that there's long term connection opportunity to do that. And then with Leslie's story here, she says, I ma- emailed you first years ago for advice. As I felt, I was drowning in my career choice optometrist. It felt so pigeonholed. And I was dreading work each day. You gave me some sage advice that you just have to start continually working what you want to do in order to make your dreams into reality. It sounded so simple, but it was what I needed to hear in order to snap myself out of the complacency and discontent I was stuck in. And says she's a member of the Eagles Group, has purchased several of my products since then. Avid to listen to my podcast, continue to find inspiration there. Uh, Since then, I've tried and failed with entrepreneurship, but persisted. Initially, I ventured into landscape photography, but found that even though I had a talent and passion, I did not have a product that people wanted. Then I attempted a multi-level marketing business. And even though this time I had a product, I didn't have the passion or feel inspired by the sales method. Next, I moved to a blog about home and life organization. I was starting to get traction with this blog, but again, I felt a little too restricted in the subject matter. Found my passion for writing content for it waning. Shortly after, I became a first-time mom to an amazing little boy and really didn't know how to keep a blog going that I was losing steam on or figure out how to monetize it when I could barely get enough rest to care for my family and continue to work the day job that I dreaded so much. This is when the light bulb moment happened. It was, I, it was as if I was having a, a tough time balancing life as a new mom. I bet others out there were in the same boat. I truly have a passion for being a mom especially now that I have a little experience under my belt and feel like I've had some good success creating a family life that I love. I'm still working the day job, but have changed to a new practice and schedule, which has helped significantly. We're also expecting our second child any day now. So the parenting journey will only get more exciting. Well, anyway, she goes on, but her, her site, her brand is balancing life as a mom. This is Leslie's balancing life as a mom where a blog about parenting spouse, relationship, building home and life organization, losing the baby weight, healthy eating, healthy living, getting your mindset on track, beyond excited to work in this blog daily. And I've had great reception to it so far. Well, thanks for your note. Leslie. I love that. She wrote other details there. Um, just grateful. If there's anything I can do to help you out with 48 days, let me know. I appreciate that. Just your story inspires me and it'll inspire others as well. I hear from a lot of people who are in professions where they had the academic ability to continue going to school. So they now are optometrist or pharmacist or attorneys or dentists or engineers or accountants because they had the academic ability to do that. And yet in doing that, They find that they do not have a passion for it. They know they have earning capability, but they don't have a passion for it. Now, the the cool thing is, especially in today's environment, you have options. You're not trapped. Nobody's trapped. I don't care what initials you have after your degree. If you got a JD or MD or PhD or whatever it is, you're not trapped. You can choose. And we have people who are making dramatic changes by simply going back and revisiting what was their initial mission, calling, purpose. If you can get clear on that, the application of what you do every day to create income can change dramatically. So we see people who are doing that. My goodness, got another gentleman in my mastermind who is a pharmacist, but he's moved out of that totally. Now, he, I, I say that in terms of the the typical application. He doesn't want to be a pill pusher. He doesn't want to encourage people to just get hooked on medications that come back month after month. He's got involved with a physician and they've developed some new brain compounds, things that address brain injuries, healing process, but has been taking his background and reapplied it in a totally different direction in terms of what he's doing daily. People can do that. doesn't matter what it is that you have as a degree. You can validate the degree, but move in a different direction. Well, appreciate the note from Leslie. Got another note here from Jeremy who says, I'm successful because of you, Dan. Um, Jeremy from the 48 Days Eagles community here. Just wanted to shoot you a note to let you know that on the latest episode of the Awakening a podcast, which is his podcast, the Awakening podcast, that's a cool name. I gave you a personal shout out since you were the primary reason I'm not still stuck in a job that I hated. Found your podcast several years ago. It inspired me to find work that matters since leaving that job. I've started several successful companies, launched two successful podcasts, one of which achieved over a million downloads in 2018. That's a big number. Incidentally, those of you who are listening and wondering, that's a very big number. Wow, and I'm a much happier life because I practice what you preached. And then it links me to the uh, episode and I'll certainly go there and check it out. The Awakening Podcast. Thank you, Jeremy, for sharing, sharing that and for being part of the 40 Days Eagles community. Okay, now I'm gonna go, I'm gonna jump into, I'm gonna jump over some other good news things there, but I'm going to go right into some questions that I am really eager to get to here. And we got some doozies this week this comes from Joel who says Dan I've been with a retail company doing maintenance assistant work part-time for three years and the company keeps readjusting the pay schedule our raises are given based on the number of hours worked have I have have to reach or I have reached. 1,040 hours eventually tops out. I'm not sure what that means. The last time they said they're wanting to better compete with minimum wage, so they're raising it. But in addition to those hired between 2016 and 2019, those people, including myself, are having their accumulated hours reset to zero. This means that those just coming on board with the company will be making just as much as I'm currently, although I do get a small raise with the rest of the new employees. I really don't think there's much that I can be happy about, you know, with the raise and uh, voice my feelings has no effect since the corporate office is in another state. I feel like they really don't care and are going to do what they're going to do. Thanks. You know, Joel, your, your story, the way you laid it out. So you've been there a long time and now new people coming in are being paid exactly the same as you are. And you recognize that's not fair. There ought to be a reward for you having been there a long time. I'm going to do a quick synopsis here because it so immediately reminded me of a story in the Bible. So I'm going to go to that story in the Bible and we'll kind of make our conclusions based on that. This is from Matthew 20, the parable of the workers in the vineyard for the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire workers for his vineyard. He agreed to pay them a denarius for the day and sent them into his vineyard. Now pay attention to that. They agreed to work for a day for a denarius. About nine in the morning, he went out and saw others standing in the marketplace doing nothing. He told them, you also go out and work in my vineyard. I'll pay you whatever is right. So they went. He went out again at noon and about three in the afternoon did the same thing. About five in the afternoon, he went out and found others still standing around. He asked them, why have you been standing here all day doing nothing? because no one has hired us. They said, he said, you also go and work in my vineyard. So people were started early in the morning, let's say seven o'clock and then some at nine, some at noon, some at three, some at five. When evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his foreman, call the workers and pay them their wages, beginning with the last ones hired and then going on to the first. The workers who were hired about five in the afternoon came and each received a denarius. When those who came who were hired first, they then expected to receive more. But each one of them also received a denarius. When they received it, they began to grumble against the landowner. Those who were hired last worked only one hour, they said, and you have made them equal to us who have borne the burden of the work and the heat of the day. But he answered one of them, I'm not being unfair to you, friend. Didn't you agree to work for a denarius? Take your pay and go. I want to give the one who was hired last the same as I gave you. Don't I have the right to do what I want to do with my own money? Or are you envious because I'm generous? All right, I'll stop there. Wow. What do you think of that story? Now, obviously, it's a parable. The Landlord, we're to assume, represents God, the Lord. Is that unfair to do that? Well, if we just do comparison, it is, but, but here's the deal. And Joel, this is how it relates to your situation. If you're working for a company, let's say that you've been there for 10 years and you're making $45,000 a year. And now they hire somebody brand new and they're going to do the same thing as you're doing and they pay them $45,000 a year. Is that unfair? If you agreed, if yesterday you thought you were being fairly compensated, but today you found out that somebody brand new is making the same thing as you, it makes you feel like it's unfair? I mean, is that a realistic approach to that? Well, I, I don't really think it is. I mean, you have to decide apart from knowing what other people are making. I mean, you get caught up in this comparison thing, it'll never stop. You have to just stand back and say, am I being fairly compensated for what I'm doing? If I am, it doesn't matter if somebody that came in yesterday is being paid more. You have to look at it from your standpoint only. Now, the counterpoint to that is if you really believe you are not being paid adequately, then do a job search. Go somewhere where they do pay you adequately. I mean, that happens every day. And if, if you really are being undercompensated, well, the market will correct that, especially in today's environment. My goodness. I mean, I have people that are blown away at how many jobs they're being offered right now. I mean, I did an interview yesterday and we were talking about that, talking about somebody who had, had been challenged because they had been complaining about you know the economy and so on. And so they had been given... 10 steps to do, do these 10 steps. And one of them was like contact, you know, five people and tell them you're in the market and what it is that you do. Well, in doing that first step only, they got two job offers from the very people they called, not thinking that they would do anything, but just give them information, just, you know, be a reference. But that's the way the marketplace is right now. So you don't have to worry about being undercompensated If you truly are, you can do a job search and have another job before the afternoon is over, before we hit that five o'clock time this afternoon. So you either are happy with what you're being paid, or you simply do a job search to correct that and move on. Well, let me play you a clip here. This is a little clip. I want you to listen to this, and then I'll we'll, we'll, we'll talk about this. Here's a guy who lost his job after 23 years.
1: Hi, Dan. My name's Patrick. On January 25th, 2019, I lost my job of 23 years as a government inspector. I've been listening to you for years, back when your guest was Lee Lens, corporate magician, and I was so intrigued about what he does and what that provides. I want to become a corporate magician, school motivational speaker. I know the Show business is 20% show, 80% business. Please help me find my way through this troubling time in my life. I'm applying to you for the out of work package and what you can do to help me find my vocation, get my feet back on the ground so I can provide for my family and make my way from this very troubling time.
0: All right, I'm going to cut it off there. All right. Now, he, he mentioned he applied for the out work package. Um, as you know, during the month of March, we had that contest going on where each week we would choose somebody and send them a really robust package of resources from us here as a result of them telling us their out work story. Well, Pat, we got this audio, and we had chosen another. He wasn't actually one of the winners, but because he left that very poignant message, I called him. You know, his phone number. So I called him and talked to him again. This is one of those where he's been, I don't remember when I had Lee Lentz on or when I talked about Lee Lentz, but I don't remember talking about him for years. But, um, Patrick does remember that. And Lee Lentz, here's the situation with Lee Lentz. And this is why it impacted Patrick. Lee Lentz is a magician. He's really, really good. Um, But he's, you know, he's a Christian magician and he was doing primarily like birthday parties. So if I'm going to have a birthday party for my 10-year-old granddaughter, you know, we have him come over and we pay him a hundred bucks to come over and do a little magic. But he wanted to really do that. He wanted to move into doing that full time. But obviously you can't do enough birthday parties to make that work, that kind of money. He didn't want to go to Vegas and be involved in that kind of environment and doing magic, so he doesn't want to be a you know, David Copperfield or whatever. And I encourage him at the time, I said, Lee, why don't you move into the corporate arena where you're doing things in that environment, where they're used to writing big checks, and would be really amazed at how you could help them with what they want to do. So here's what Lee does today. He goes to conventions. So let's say there's a, a convention for plumbers, or whatever, in not My name's Patrick. Oh, I I accidentally hit Patrick again. Sorry about that. My hand in my talking gestures, my hand went down and hit my mouse. So what Lee does is he'll go and work a booth for somebody who's introducing a new product. And because he uses magic, it draws a crowd. So they'll have vendor booths, you know, with nobody there. And then Lee is working a crowd with magic and there's 75 people there. And to go through a magic thing and introduce a new product. I mean, how? And so he constantly has other companies approaching him. Will you work our booth at the next convention? Can we get you to come with us? He has constant request to come like that. You know what his fee is? It's not $100 to do a birthday party. It's $15,000 a day. That's what he, his wife, Vanessa, travels with him. Whatever they do, they do together. I mean, you can check him out. You can go to his, his website, Lee Lentz, the last name is dot com, and check him out. So that's what Patrick is referring to. And that's what I talked to Patrick about. I said, what you can do is where you live, you can go to the convention center. Like I live here in Nashville, Tennessee. So if I go to the convention center, I mean, there are conventions that are booked two years out. I can see all the conventions that are coming to town. It's really easy to have... I mean, it's like fishing a barrel. You know who's coming, what the focus is going to be, who the vendors are. You contact them, give them a little success story about what you've already done. I mean, that's a very direct, very straightforward approach to get yourself the kind of opportunities that you're talking about. So I called, talked to Patrick. He's excited about that. Certainly going to do that. I don't think there'll be any problem with him moving right up into that. And, and here's the thing he lost a job after 23 years. Now, how long would he have stayed if he hadn't lost the job? Well, I don't know, but he certainly wasn't looking to leave. And he was in a job that he wasn't thrilled about. He's a government inspector. Nobody's, as he said, nobody's excited about having a government inspector show up. So there's a lot of negativism in his work. Was losing his job a blessing or a curse? See, I'm going to anticipate he's going to see it as a blessing in a very short period of time because it's prompted him to move into something that he really wants to do where there's amazingly more opportunity financially than what he's been doing previously. That's the way change often shows up. Well, this comes from Yolanda in Palm Beach, West Palm Beach, Florida, who says, what do you do if you don't know how to dream? Or what you want to do in the next three to five years with your life wow that's tough because if you don't have a target i mean it's like if you go out here with a bow and arrow and you just start shooting well you can do that all day long but it probably doesn't really mean much unless you identify this is my target it's that tree with a red circle on it whatever You know, and once you have a target, then your activity really makes sense. If you don't have a target, if you don't have a clear goal, and obviously if you don't have a clear vision or purpose, your activities are pretty meaningless. I mean, what is it that prompts you to go out to work in the morning or to get up and take a shower and get ready and go out in your, I mean, I can't imagine not having a clear purpose. So you get into this robotic motion of just going to a job because you have to produce a paycheck. That's a really tough way to live. So yes, I think you have got to allow yourself to dream. But I think you can do that. If you're feeling stuck, Yolanda, I think you can break that pattern. I mean, read 3 books this month that are in the, you know, motivational help self-help space, you know, like the compound effect or even read like, um, well, certainly Think and Grow Rich or old classics like How to Win Friends and Influence People, you know, newer ones like Carol Dweck Mindset, Um, like Brendan Burchard, Heart Performance Habits. I mean, it could go on and on. Even, Even things like Bob Goff's book and Love Does, just the humorous stories that have been part of his life. Those things ought to trigger in you things that would give you the same kind of joy and excitement. There ought to be things where you recognize, wow, I'd love to do that. Now, here's the thing. You don't have to wait until your passion, your purpose shows up full blown. It usually doesn't happen that way. Passion is more developed than it is discovered. So just start with your curiosity. Follow your curiosity. Follow that. Do something so you become really good in doing that and you may discover your passion really grows and hey, this is something I really enjoy. So I'm going to find work that embraces that, but you got to break this cycle. Now, I don't know how old you are, but it doesn't matter if you're 18 or 68. If you are feeling like you don't know how to dream, don't know what you want to do in the next three to five years, you got to break that cycle. Now, here's the thing even about dreams. Now, I love dreams, literal dreams. Now I I know a lot of people think that, well, dreams, uh, you ate too much pizza last night or what I don't view dreams like that at all. I view dreams as a window into my soul. I think those dreams that I have at night, I think the dreams you have at night are telling you something those are parts of who we are. That's not something just random that happened. Those are parts of who we are. I think it's a way that God can speak to us when we aren't so in the driver's seat of our own mind. I love to pay attention to my dreams. I've always kept a pad and paper beside my bed so I can capture that as it happens. Don't wait and think you'll remember it in the morning. Sometimes you don't. But I like to capture those things. I mean, just last night I woke up. Well, I woke up very early this morning. Um, I had a dream. I'm still trying to figure it out. I won't share it with you. It's not that kind of thing. You don't, we don't just do, you know, armchair interpretations of dreams is deeper than that. But I think it's saying something to me, especially those dreams where you have them repeatedly. Now, here's the thing, Yolanda, if you say, well, do I never dream? Yes, you do. You absolutely do. And it's very easy to tap into a dream if you aren't one who remembers dreams regularly. If you set your alarm for 90 minutes before you normally get up, chances are really strong. You're going to interrupt a dream. If you set a, an alarm clock for 90 minutes after you go to sleep, chances are really strong. You're going to interrupt the dream, but tap into those parts of yourself that are already there. I mean, Julia Roberts and, and her, not Julia Roberts, Julia Cameron. <laughs> yeah, but Julia's mixed up. Julia Cameron, who wrote the artist way, you know, she in essence says, everybody is an artist. It's there. We all are artists as kids. Now, sometimes life just kind of numbs us to that, blunts us to that. We can't see it easily. So the matter of becoming an artist as an adult is not learning something brand new. It's uncovering what's already there. And I think the same thing is true here. You had dreams when you were a little girl. It's inevitable. They're there Life somehow has kind of covered those over. So it's a matter of uncovering those, like unpeeling the onion, getting back to those, but just be committed, be, believe that they are there is what I want you to do. Believe that they are there and you'll find ways to tap into those. Okay. This is, um, okay. This comes from Jay. Who says, Dan, I've been a full-time, loyal, hardworking employee for a company for eight years. I've been self-taught, self-directed. My position as a digital printer for promotional products. I've used my graphic design skills to clean up and prepare incoming customer logos to operate the ultraviolet light printers, utilizing the indigenous software for the machines. My gosh, I can hardly follow through all that. But it's a technical, but has to do with, you know, design. I performed a lot of other duties company is growing. New machines are taking the place of old ones. More employees are coming in to learn the new system. This is all positive. Unfortunately, the new manager and I have a toxic, unworkable relationship, which has forced me to go on sick leave on the verge of nervous breakdown. And eventually a leave of absence at which time I will not get paid. I have a lower back problem from which the initial injury occurred at this location. The anxiety compounds this problem. Bottom line is I'm looking for a job at 51 years old now with a bad back. Additional stress is added because I need to match my income, which is not large, $35,000 to cover my mortgage in the senior community where I live. I'm the sole care provider for my mother who lives just up the street. I don't feel sorry for myself. I just need to find something pretty quick. My resume is up to date along with samples. I'm willing to meet people face to face, even though I'm bashful, hold a a bachelor of fine arts degree. Wow. Okay. All right. Jay, I think you're in a beautiful position of strength with what you're doing now one thing we have to realize the printing business has changed dramatically I would just think back I mean it seems like not that many years ago in the Gutenberg press I and mean, when they started doing typesetting those metal letters they'd stand up and put them in a tray so it'd spell the word you know generous or person or whatever well, Obviously, printing has changed dramatically. It is digitized. If you've kept up with how it's changed, you've got skills that are very marketable. And those skills can be applied in ways that don't require you to lift heavy machinery. I mean, the whole thing has moved away from heavy boxes and machinery. I mean, think about what we're doing in terms of Kindle books, you know, digital books instead of physical books. I mean, there's been such a massive move away from the physical components of printing and books to digital. So you're in the driver's seat in being able to continue to use your skills in ways that don't require a lot of physical work. Those days are pretty well over. What you've got to do though, is be real real clear on what your skills are. Incidentally, I've got to, I've got to comment on this thing that you and your manager have such a toxic unworkable relationship that you're at the verge of a nervous breakdown I mean, my goodness, I don't care how how great the work is. You need to get out of there. Nobody needs to tolerate that. And I mean, the things you're describing, the back pain, who knows if that's a physical malady or if your mental stress is causing the back pain. I mean, a lot of times people have back pain and they go to the chiropractor or whatever, and ultimately they figure out, wow, that has to do with my mental condition or my diet rather than something physical, where we address the symptom rather than a root cause. Well, I mean, my goodness, who knows how much better you're going to feel if you get out of the environment, period. You may discover you've got energy you had when you were 30 years old, even though now you're 51. So that has to stop. But if you get clear on what your skills are, again, I talked earlier about how, you know, the, the kind of unemployment rate that we have right now is so low. I mean, here in where I live, it's 1.7. I mean, that's unhealthy for the economy to have employment, unemployment be so low. We consider it to be full employment at about 5%. But that means you can go a lot of places and they're going to need you. You get clear on what it is that you have to offer a value. Get out here and do a job search. You're going to get job offers and you can be selective. If you go out here and you get five job offers, you can be selective and choose one that doesn't require a lot of physical work. And I don't think that's unrealistic at all. The other thing is with the skills that you talk about, you have design skills, you understand print, getting things ready for promotion, producing brochures and all that. Wow. You can, you can work at home sitting in your chair and do that kind of work. I'm going to give you the names of some places here, but these are easy, easy to find. I mean, there are lots and lots of companies that are hiring virtual workers where they assign you projects, the work that you're going to do, and you don't need to go anywhere. You can stay at home and work in front of your computer and do it in the line of work that you're doing. Check out guru.com, G-U-R-U, R-R-U, G-U-R-U.com. I mean, that's a big one to be able to work at home. Indeed. Indeed has actually contacted me about being a, a sponsor here. It's massive for the opportunities for people to work at home glassdoor flex jobs upwork upwork is a big one that i recommend it covers a broad array of things zip recruiter career builder snag i mean i could go on all day long but these are places where you can get work and what happens is a lot of people are discovering that instead of having a 40 hour a week job that they're struggling with they can do this kind of project work and work 20 hours a week and increase their income. Now we also have to realize the things that are changing here in terms of we have been conditioned because of industrial kind of work. I mean, when Henry Ford had guys come into the factory and start building Fords, they were paid for their eight hours of time. And then to make more money, what did you do? You work overtime overtime that's an old model. Companies have moved away from that. If you're still in an environment where you're being paid strictly for hours, you're in a pretty antiquated model. More and more companies are saying, here a is, let's take design as, as you have here, Jay, a design project. I worked with a young gal. This has been a few years ago, and she was really good at design. She was working at a company and she was making like $25 an hour. But she wanted she was a single mom and really wanted more time flexibility, and I said, "Golly, you can do that. you know you ought to make you ought to charge seventy five dollars an hour for the work that you do as an independent. Well she did she left her job, set herself up as an independent, and in charging seventy five realized yeah she could work way fewer hours and make more income. But you know what else she discovered? She discovered she was so good compared with other people she didn't even want to have it attached to an hourly be at all. So if somebody came to her and said, we want a new album cover design, you know, we're here in Nashville. So a new album cover, and we want the miscellaneous things that go along with that. Well, she may, they, they may already have in mind a budget of $5,000 for that. Well, what if she works for $75 an hour and she can complete that in, let's say 10 hours? that's $750. Why would she take $750? She essentially is being penalized for being so good. She can complete the project that quickly. So she realized real quickly, I mean, this is, I mean, it happened so fast. It was like, you know, three months or something. And she's not charging $75 an hour. She's simply doing project work. So she would take a project like that and say, yes, it is $5,000 and the company say, okay, great. You know, and she like, I'll have it back to you in two weeks. And she may spend her 10 hours doing that and present it to them. And they're happy. She's happy. And she very quickly put herself into a six-figure income by getting away from the hourly compensation at all. So, Jay, you're in a wonderful position to be able to do the same kind of thing. Well, God, I love the question. Spent a little more time there than I anticipated. Raven says... This year, I've gotten serious and intentional. I feel like I should focus more on my career and income, but I also need to get out of debt. Basically, I need a big shovel. I'm almost ready to take my life insurance exam and want to get a real, life, real estate license as well. These will require me to invest money in myself. Should I do that or just get out of debt first? Should I focus only on one thing? Real estate or insurance or both? If so, how to decide? I don't have a natural market, so I will need to prospect people. I don't know how to start. I also have an e-commerce website. Um, My primary gig is driving for a Lyft, making about $38,000 a year. Love what you do, Dan. Thanks for your help. Well, Raven, I love your question here. I would not attempt to become licensed in real estate and insurance at the same time. There's not a natural kind of overlap there. They're two very different things and both require an immense amount of study and focus to get up and running. So no, I, I think you're going to dilute your efforts in both of those if you try to do both at the same time. So I'd encourage you to choose one choose what is it that fits you? Well, what is it that you have curiosity about that you already enjoy? If that's real estate, wow, go for that. So just choose one. Do I think that you ought to wait and get yourself out of debt before you do that? No. Now this may sound counterintuitive, but if you're that clear about what it is that you want to do, let's say that a real estate, the training and everything is going to require $5,000. That's going to be a ballpark. So it's not a long-term kind of thing. You don't need to get a four-year degree or let's say that it's going to require three months and require $5,000 training and license fees and so on. If you wait until you're out of debt, let's say that you have another $5,000 already in debt. And so you're making $38,000 a year and you're trying to get out of debt before you move forward with anything else. I don't know what your monthly budget is, but $38,000 a year is not a whole lot of money. If you have if you have, a, you know, $200 that you can apply toward your debt, it's going to take you a couple years to get out of that debt. I don't think you got to put your life on hold that long. I think you got to go ahead and get your real estate license, spend another $5,000 there so that you're up and running in 90 days to be in real estate. My goodness, with a 6% commission, you know, you sell a $200,000 house, that's $12,000. And you just wiped out both the debt and your investment for your license. Yeah, I would absolutely go toward, I mean, I talked to a gentleman one time who wanted to get a truck so he could be a FedEx, have his own FedEx route. You know, they do that. They use independent people where you simply have to invest in a truck and then they give you the work. It's a you know, done deal. They're going to give you lots of work. You just need, to, well, he had been advised that he shouldn't buy the truck until he had the cash to do that. Well, with his income, it would take him three or four years to do that. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. They'll finance a truck for you. I don't see that's not, that's not consumer debt. That's not like going out and buying a big screen TV. I mean, it's not like that at all. It's totally different. If you have a clear end goal and getting equipped like that, licensed certified or whatever, will get you up to speed. I mean, we, in our coaching mastery program, it's $4,800. Do I want that to be a long-term debt for somebody? Absolutely not. I want them in the first. 90 days to generate more than that in coaching fees. I want there to be that quick a return on their entire investment to get up and running. So if you've got a plan, you can see where that's going. My goodness. I encourage you to go in that direction and do it immediately. Well, wow. My gosh, I'm looking through more questions here to help Dan I'm discouraged blah, blah 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 well we'll come back to that at another time thanks for your continued contribution of these amazing questions a lot of you send me success stories other tips as well resources I appreciate all that those can all just come in to ask Dan at 48 dscom appreciate having those come in you know this is a great time to be looking for a new position To be starting your own business, any of those things. And what an opportune time. What a time to be in the driver's seat with the current workplace economy like it is. You know, sometimes I'm tempted just to go out and just apply for jobs myself. Just just have the experience because I'm so confident that it's so easy to get them. Now, I have a lot of people that are telling me that. But uh, sometimes I'm tempted. I'm not sure how to do that without being phony. And I don't want to be phony. I don't want to go out and present myself as really needing a job and then say, oh, it's just a joke. I wanted to see if you'd hire me. Nah, I don't want to do that. So I don't know a good way to do that. But I, I, I think I'd enjoy the experience just to be able to present what it is that I think I can do to add value to a company and see their response. Well, as our song is playing in the background, if you're stuck in a JLB... Look at that person in the mirror when you get up in the morning you can say, you're in charge here. You got me into this. How are you going to get me out of that? That's the approach I encourage you to take. Check out our resources. As always, we'd love to have you join us in the 48 days Eagles community. That's where a lot of things are happening. We're seeing a lot of new success stories coming out of there. If you want to start that side biz, check out our resource for this week, 48 days.com slash 15 hours. Thanks for being someone who in fact, can find or create work that is purposeful, meaningful, and profitable.